0: Thank you for tuning in to another Bucks of America podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vance. And tonight, I brought on a special guest. His name is Chris Clentz, And we're going to be discussing his upcoming trip and some new laws that are being passed around for the CWD, what we're doing to prepare for our upcoming trips, talk about some mistakes that we've made and some advice that we can provide listeners. All right, Chris, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Doing fantastic. So thank you for coming on the podcast. It's like you know, we've been talking at work for such a long period of time and we got kind of got lucky with this falling right into our laps.
1: Yeah, exactly. I appreciate you letting me you know get on here.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you asked because it's like it's like I was looking for a guest that was local because my podcast is very face-to-face oriented yeah and it's like i like doing that because this way then i can i can, re- can read off of each other instead of doing it over the phone even though phone interviews are fantastic especially there's a lot of great guests out there that i haven't even been able to touch upon yet but the those are going to be all video conferences and so is it going to have a nice element of being able to see each other's reactions and such so this way we can listen and watch at the same time now chris why don't you give us a little background of your career in hunting
1: So I was, uh, I was with Matthews and archery for, uh, roughly between part-time in high school, Mm -hmm. um, all the way up into my career. I was with them for about 15 years. That's impressive. Um, great job. Love the company. Um, great people to work for, had a ton of opportunities with, with that company to meet Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's the archery industry or hunting industry in general, Mm -hmm. um, is a great business to be in. Mm -hmm. It's a tough business to be in. And also, and I know that you've, you've talked to shop owners and things like that. Also, Mm -hmm. I have, um, you know, there's one big thing is, and I know a lot of other people kind of press upon it is a lot of times buying stuff from a shop. Okay. A lot of people don't understand it is, or some people understand it, but the biggest thing is, is you go into a shop and you walk in with something from eBay or wherever, Mm-hmm, You're not mm-hmm. helping that shop owner out either, but, no. and a lot of times you buy it from them, they're going to f- do stuff for you for free. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that on the, on the back end of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that with that in general, you know, you buy a rest from, um, they're going to put it in for free. You walk off on, on the street, they're going to charge you up 30 bucks, 40 bucks just to put it on. Yes, exactly. And a lot of people get upset about that. Mm-hmm. Well, they got overhead and mm-hmm. you know, their eBay doesn't have, or, you know, Amazon or whoever doesn't have overhead. Um, so that's one big thing I, I kind of learned in the archery industry also is you buy stuff online. Fine. I do it. You no, know, I'm not saying I don't. Um, but a lot of times helping the, you scratch their back, they'll scratch yours kind of thing. A hundred
0: percent. I agree with you on that.
1: You know? So, and I mean, I've had, like I said, I've had the opportunity to meet, um, some great people. Um, you know, Kurt Henton from Anthem Archery. I know that you've talked to him before. Yeah, he's a great um, guy. You know, VP of, uh, expedition now. hmm great guy, super knowledgeable. Um, you know, and he's only what, an hour, hour and a half away from us yes. here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. So, um, you know, there that's the thing is there's such there's so many nice people in the archery industry. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like I said, fifteen years at Matthews, I had the privilege of talking to them. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. just great opportunities. You know, and and then I I left there and came to work um, you know, for for Logistics Health um, Incorporated, and you know, I had a heart for veterans, and mm-hmm, that's kind of mm-hmm. where, where I went uh, after leaving the archery industry.
0: Uh-huh. Now, did you serve?
1: I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a—my uh, my dad's father um, was in uh, Korea, World War II. Um, he was in for a little while, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then my dads couple of my dad's brothers were in um, mm-hmm. the Army. Um, one of them was in, then he got out, then he got back in. Um, and now he's, I think, doing some contracting for the government um, okay. out of Hawaii,
0: keep himself busy, which is great to see. Like, uh, I have quite the lineup of family members that are that have that have served in the city in the, in the armed services. Like, I have an uncle that served in the, in the Vietnam War. He was he was in Navy. Uh, my grandpa, he was in Korea. Then my mom's dad, he sir, he was in uh, the army as well, cavalry back when they still had horses. And then uh, he was in the infancy stage of the missile guidance program back in the early early years. He's just really really good with math. Mm-hmm. And he got and went to school at Nebraska there in Lincoln for mathematics. Then I have a few other ones that served in during the Gulf War, but also were there present when the when the wall was torn down there in Berlin, gotcha. which was which was quite uh, a landmark to see. And then I have several cousins that are currently in the service right now They're... One is in Edinburgh and he is working his way up and he's gonna he's gonna make a career out of it. And he's gonna he's his goal is to make it up to an E eight and so this way he still has somebody else to bitch to. And I quote you on that. It's just like that's just hilarious. And I tell yep, you what exactly. though, hanging out with these guys and when it comes when it comes down to their downtime and keep, trying to keep up with them while they're drinking, that is a challenge in itself. It's like they have it to a whole <laughs> nother level when it comes down to drinking.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's definitely so, like, you know, I, I can talk about a little bit of my, you know, hunting. Yeah, go things ahead. Things like that. So, what,
0: what's, what, who introduced you to the outdoors? Who was your first person? Like, hey, let's go shoot.
1: So, the first person was, of course, my dad. Okay. Um, you know, he, he's the one that took me out. Um little side story on that. Okay. That you don't even know this. All um, right. And we've talked off and on. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad has actually been best friends with Matt McPherson, our owner of Matthews, for 40 years. Wow. Um. So, of course, because of that, I've uh-huh. shot a Matthews my whole life. Okay. Um, I've shot other bows, of course. You know, mm-hmm. being in the nursery industry, you kind of got to feel everything out. That's the one thing is I've always shot Matthews, but I honestly, to God, there's not a bad bow out there. There, there really, really isn't. isn't. It's the biggest thing that I feel is whatever you can afford is mm-hmm. where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to buy a $1,200, $1,500 bow. You mm-hmm. really don't. Mm-hmm. You know, a $500 bow or a $400, whatever you can afford is mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. it's going to get you. Of course, you're going to get a little bit, you know, the more expensive stuff you buy, you might, you know, there might be a newer technology or, you know, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but, um, don't spill the beer. Yeah, exactly. But it's whatever you can afford. Go in, do it. You know, the thing is, is you're out there to feed your family mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you need to have 2000, $3,000 mm-hmm. worth of gear on your, on your back and your bow and everything else to kill a deer. So, yeah, so I've always, always shot a Matthews. Um, you know, I've, like I've said, I've known Matt my whole life. You know, I'm 33 years old. You uh-huh. know, I've I've known Matt my whole life. So, um, that that's my my biggest thing is you know I've I've hunted with my dad. Um, I've had some great trips with him. Mm-hmm. Me and him um, have, have gone to Idaho. Uh, we he used to be a sales rep for Matthews. Um, okay. He's a sales rep for Matthews. We actually. Moved, right. I'm originally from Iron Mountain, Michigan. All right. Um, upper Peninsula. We moved here about. May of 2000 he started at Matthews May okay first of
0: 2000 so a, then how did they cross paths then since they've known each other for 40 years
1: so um originally so Matt's from um, Eden Minnesota area okay uh, my dad left Iron Mountain when he was you know 18 19 something like that mm-hmm. and moved to Minnesota honestly don't know why um but that's just what i think bigger city try to get out of a smaller city because iron is not big it's,
0: it's or or because a woman or, or a woman because that's how i ended up in lacrosse okay. because of my wife so yeah
1: exactly um he, he actually knew my mom in in iron Mountain, they both are from that area iron Mountain, mm-hmm. kingsford area mm-hmm. um moved there and he went to um so he, how do you so he knew a family from Iron Mountain that moved there. And maybe that's why he moved there too.
0: So this way he at least had us. Had somebody. Some, yeah, somebody. Exactly.
1: Yep. Um, and it was, a, it was a pastor and his family is who mm-hmm. who it was. So Matt, um, so the pastor actually introduced Matt and my dad is how it actually happened. Okay. Um, And that, you know, like, again, that was 40 some years ago. Um, at that time, Matt was, I think he was doing auto body. Um, All his, right. His dad owned an auto body shop. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they were kind of. That's how they they started knowing each other, and then just through the years, um, Matt just he's got a brain on him. It's it's insane. Um, I understand
0: that because like Alicia's had some really pleasant encounters with Matt when he come into Gander Outdoors, yep. and 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 he he treats his employees very very well. I know, oh, yeah. like he give them a as a as a bonus or as a gift, give him firearms, ammunition, stuff like that. And it's like he treats his employees very very well. Yep. And It's like he's got that humble uh beginnings behind it but like he she said he's like he this guy is like a world of an a, a whole other person because he, he's very intelligent very intuitive oh yes
1: yep he's he's very intelligent um he never went to college um some people know that but a lot of people don't
0: that's that's crazy i had no idea i thought he i thought he went to school to be an engineer because
1: nope. of his
0: intuitiveness be, behind the mechanics of a bow.
1: nope he actually um and he's personally he's said this so i can i can say it. Um, the solo cam technology. Uh-huh. He had a dream is how he came up with the, with the design. He was working on something. Okay. But he woke up at the midnight and he's like, that's it. And he got up, I don't know, it was 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Went over and started drying it up. Next day, he got onto a CNC machine and started working on it. No kidding. This was um,
0: back in 91, uh, 90?
1: So, he he was, he. I had an archery company. He had some partners, um, McPherson mm-hmm. Archery. Okay. Um I don't remember when he started that. I think it was like 80, sometimes in the eighties. Okay. Um, it was him and I think two partners. Okay. He kind of said stuff over that about um, the solo cam technology and things uh-huh. like that. Okay. And it sounds like they didn't want to deal with it or didn't want, they thought he was crazy, I think. All um, right. So he got out of it. He, he, did some body work. I think he had like a non-compete or something like that for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like two years, three years, something like that. And then he, while he was doing that, he still, I think was designing and things like that in his head and writing stuff down.
0: And probably also working with the patent office too. Cause that can be a bitch. I have yep. some friends of mine that, uh, shout out to the TB grill up there. His name's uh, Jeremy Sean and dealing with the patent office is a pain in the ass. And it is not an easy process to go mm-hmm. ahead and get an, a, patent going and, and finally actually done. He's he's yeah. he's got one patent he's been fighting with for three years. Yep, exactly. Thousands
1: of dollars. Yep. So he he came up with that the solo cam technology, um, patent everything like that. Actually he sold the rights to it to Fred Bear.
0: No Fred shit. Fred Bear
1: has the original patent on the solo cam. But Matt's the engineer of it. Um So he went to Fred, said, of course, at that time, Fred was still alive. Uh Um, You know, he was he was the the main guy in the archery industry at the time. Yes. Um, So to him said, hey, this is what I got. Mm -hmm. Can we, you know, can we work together kind of thing? And so I if I remember I thought my head right, Fred's actually got the original patent for the solo cam. That's crazy. But Matt had all the rights to use it. So okay. I don't think he so a he lot manufacturing of manufacturing rights and yep, such. Yep, so a lot of times when you have a patent, I don't know how much you get know about a patent. I am so, not
0: nearly versed in that. So
1: you have a patent um somebody else can use it. You okay. know, in the archery industry or wherever it may be, you know, mm-hmm. auto industry, mm-hmm. um say Chevy or Ford or whoever has a patent, they can sell it. so they can sell the patent or have Ford or Chevy or whoever, you know, Bowtech or whoever in the archery industry. They can use the patent, but then they have to pay the royalties, whoever, the royalties mm-hmm. um, is what mm-hmm. happens. So Matt didn't have to pay the royalties. So Fred had the original. He, so anybody that wanted to use the solo cam, I think it was seven years, goes to Fred. Wow. It doesn't go to Matt. Uh-huh. Um,
0: I guess it's a good trade-off, though. I mean, it, it, it works.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's or exactly. excuse me, it worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's been around for 25 years, so he, he figured out something. Mm-hmm. Um and then of course from there he kept you know pushing on didn't doing other, other patents. Uh, uh-huh. He's got sixty plus patents. I no think. kidding. Um, he's got a ton of them. Of not even some of them are or all of them. Most of them are related but there's some other okay. patents he's got out there too. I know of. Um, so then from there he just he went from Austin, Minnesota. Um, that's where they started. Matthews.
0: No kidding. Just just on the other side of Rochester. Yep.
1: Started there, um, I they were there for a few years. They had a couple of employees. Uh-huh. Um, actually, the the number the first employee um, still works for the company. Okay. Uh, last week he killed his twenty seventh big game animal. He killed a Rocky Mountain sheep out in Utah. Congratulations! So he's him. got twenty seven. He's got three sheep, and he's killing. Or he's going for a desert in December. And he's got a brown bear. Oh man! Um, great guy named Joel Maxfield. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people in the industry. You, you say Joel Maxfield. You'll, a lot of people in the industry will instantly know who Joel is. Um, mm-hmm. Super mm-hmm. nice guy. Like like you said about Matt. Super nice guys. Um, great people. Um, you know, loyal loyal to their employees um, for sure. So that's kind of how how I I got into the archery industry okay. is. Then my dad was sales for five years, um, and then, you know, I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Kept going, got in, um, you know, ground level doing pre assembly, putting stuff apart, Mm -hmm. and then I just worked up the chain. Um, Matthews does all their own film dipping, all their own machinery. Mm -hmm. I, I think everything on a Matthews bow is made in house. I don't think there's very few parts that we they get outsourced.
0: Okay. They now do they make their own string then? Yes. Okay.
1: Yep. Zebra Bro strings. They make their own strings. Mm-hmm. Um, all the machinery. They have a huge um, machine shop in the back. Yeah. Uh, do their own film dipping. All their, you know, all their parts. Um, okay. I think the only thing that they really don't do is like um, their rubbers. So like their harmonic dampeners um, that go in the bows and mm-hmm. things like that. Of course, those those come from somewhere else, but they do.
0: It's not something, something they specialized in, so why put the resources into something that it's like you can, somebody else is already making them, they're yep. already doing a good job, but it's like, why not, why reinvent the wheel?
1: Exactly. Um, so from from there, you know, like I said, I worked myself up all the way up to the customer service department mm-hmm. um, there. And then, you know, like I said, 15 years, I decided just to leave the company. Like I said, it was a great company, um, just kind of had to l- look elsewhere at the time. mm mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. But like I said, my dad got me in the archery industry. Try to get back to our, our original conversation um, here,
0: but that's a, that's a fun tangent though, because I would have never known that about Matt.
1: Yep, yep, exactly. So, um, my dad was a sales rep, like I said, for five years. Okay, he had the West Coast, which is elk hunting, mule deer hunting. Oh, you that's know, fantastic! All the big stuff. So he's he's was able to go on some some really great hunts in his his career. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? One of the dealers there, um. He invited me as well. He said, "Yeah, come on out." So we okay. went out to Idaho. Um, and when was this? This was 2007, I think. 2007, 2008, around there. Um, okay, went out there, had a great time. Um, again, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm shooting whitetails. Okay, it's a whole different ball game when you're trying to chase a Buick around a mountain, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> um, That's very true. You know, elk. If you if Oh, anybody that's listening to this, if you can get El hunting at least once, you're mm-hmm. not going to regret it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. They're screaming at of their lungs, like it's, it's insane. Um, so the one opportunity I had in this, is the funny story of it, the guy that I was with great guy. Okay. he he owned an archery shop. That's kind of how, how, you know, I got in, um, we're set up, ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm bull big five by five just bugling like crazy coming down this hill okay and I look and I see him and I'm like okay so I'm ready and I look at the guide or the he was the the guy that I was with and he's like run down hill and I'm like what's going on here you know so I run down you know because he's he does this you know all the time he's from there so he knows what's going on so I set back up and we're watching and it walks right to where he was sitting puts his nose down smells turns and runs away and I'm like, what the heck? So I look at him, you know, the bull runs away. I look at him I'm like, did you spray down this morning? And he goes, uh, no. I'm like, you gotta be kidding oh, me. Oh, no. So the next day, uh-huh. Um, you know, we're, we're still hot and whatever. One of his buddies calls him. Okay. He says, hey, I shot a bull, be- you know, five by five. Want to come see it? So we're like, yeah, absolutely. You know, we, uh-huh. it was like five miles away. We get over there. And I look at it, I go, I look, Jay was the guy's name. I look at Jay I said, that's my belt, my elk. And he starts laughing. He's like, yeah, I know. And I look at the guy that shot it and I'm talking to him. Uh huh. And I look down and I'm like, he's got wrestling shoes on. He doesn't have boots on. He has wrestling shoes. And I'm okay. like, I look at him, I'm like, why do you do that? He's like, oh, can't hear you then. I'm like, okay. So I'm talking to this guy and I'm like, you look so familiar. And he's like, yeah, I was on American Gladiators.
0: No sh. Okay.
1: So he was, what was it? I knew what it was off the top of my head, but he was one of the actual American Gladiators. Mm -hmm. Um, And what actually happened was he was actually in the crowd, and he was a contestant. Okay. And he kicked everybody's butt, so then American Gladiators hired him.
0: No kidding.
1: Yep. I think he was like, it wasn't, what was it? It was like Jed or something like that, but Mm -hmm. super nice guy. Um, So never, I mean, nobody killed her. One other guy in the camp. There's five of us. Um, mm-hmm. He killed a little spike bull. Okay. Um, but I mean, we we had opportunities, and I've talked to Jay um, in the last couple of years, actually. Um, and this is another thing that I know that me and you talked about a little bit, mm-hmm. and the The wolf population out there has gone insane. No, um, this
0: is in in, in Idaho? Idaho. Okay, yep. yeah, and, I've heard that uh, Steve Renella and, and uh, Watch the Mountain men and those guys have really paid attention to the increase of the yeah. population because like, a lot of them are coming right down across the border.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's and he, I mean, he said, you know, we could always get on bulls. Um, I think this, the last last year, I think he's like all season, and it's a pretty you know long season for a mm-hmm. resident. Mm-hmm. He goes, I saw one bull. He goes, I'd see five a day and all his buddies, I don't even know out of, you know, and he, he got out of the, the archery industry. Um, he went on and, um, did some other stuff with another couple companies. He was with mm-hmm. Plano for a while. Okay. Um, Tenzing packs for a while. Um, but he said a bunch of his buddies didn't even see anything, but they, they've seen so many wolves. They saw more wolves than elk.
0: That's crazy. That's scary.
1: Mm-hmm. And I know, um, that's another thing is, up in black river and you know, what is that an hour away from us? And if that, yes. Um, I got guys that they've seen more wolves than they see deer here. Is no it, kidding. Uh huh. There's one guy in particular who worked for Matthews for years and he said the same thing. He goes, I see, he goes, I'll sit on a stand. I'll see three or four wolves a day.
0: No shit. Uh-huh.
1: And, and then his, his dad, the same way. And then, you know, and he's, he's from black River, starts talking to people and they're like, yeah, we're seeing wolves everywhere. Um, you know, and I know everybody has different opinions on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they need to, in the Wisconsin, I think they need to open it back up, but that's my personal opinion. Um, oh, I,
0: th- I think there's a lot of us that share your, your same point of view on it because it's becoming more of a nuisance because my, uh, uh, father-in-law's dad he was we him and i have had conversations about what's been going on in northern illinois because peoria is not that far away yeah. from the from the wisconsin border. it's like maybe 100 miles or so but they're saying that they've had an uptick in bears wolves lynx, and mountain lions come down bobcats coming down it's like and if, if you've driven through that area off along i-39 it's very flat there's not a whole lot there once you get i think it's just like 20 30 miles south of rockford and you start seeing it starting to to flatten out. It's like yeah, it's like it's this. We we're seeing animals that we haven't that, that, that they're not normal here. Yeah, and I agree. It's like we do need to bring this back, and it's just dealing with the uh, these these uh, profit un- in- institutions and listening to Randy Newberg and, what, and when he gets on his high horse when he or when he gets on his soapbox about it really gets him upset because he's like he was all on board back in the '90s for it bringing it back getting in manageable status and now it's like it's been nothing but a fight. Yep. And one thing we've learned from the sportsman's Alliance, there's no giving up. They will they will they they want to k- keep they want to take our rights away. There's no negotiating with the devil. Yep. They want it they, they, it's like you we cannot give up an inch. And it's like it's it, it is a frustrating aspect of what we're dealing with and it's like that's why we may have a small population of people that are hunting. We're only looking at 11 maybe 12 million people right now. Yep. And we're, and we're campaigning against 350 million people out there that live in concrete jungles. have no idea what's going on. It's like the, the worst, the worst thing is, is like when we have another catastrophe, like we're, I expect we're going to have another financial crisis coming up. We yeah. do, but every decade it's, it's a good way of separation of wealth and such. And we need to, maintain that, that momentum that we, we cannot let, let go of where we're at right now. Cause we start letting stuff go as one like, we'll up like California, then we'll end up. It's like, we don't want to end up like them. Yeah. And now <laughs> they are having nothing but issues like out, out East in new, like New Jersey. And they're having issues with bears coming into their homes and such. And it's like, it's something that we have to keep an eye on. Like, three years ago yeah three years ago my wife and i were at the time we we're just the we beginning of our relationship we were walking through marie park here in lacrosse and she saw a skull upside down so it's like well i got a hair i went up there and grabbed it and rotated over it, it was a bear cub skull Jeez. in marie park and say, like, what is this doing here like how did this get here yeah and, and it
1: because there's not much around my park that could hold you know there's there's woods but mm-hmm. I mean it's, you're it's gonna, gonna see have bear to, quick yeah it's like
0: because for how many people that walk through that area and there's not there's not dense foliage where they can hide it's like yeah. somebody's gonna see them because it's it's not very thick and it's a lot of water it's a marshland so it's not gonna be easy for them to hide themselves or protect them especially when the winter comes yeah because they're gonna have to find some place to hide and it's like they may not have a place that's gonna be deep enough to get away from the wind and such or they have to go up a. go across um highway 16 and make their way up to cords granddad's bluff yep. it's like well somebody's gonna see it there and what was it 2016 the, they had sightings down by the railroad tracks there of a bear coming down through town there it's like it's we we, we provided them rail uh, ways of getting into these urban areas what because of our railroads and stuff like that because they're not heavily traveled and yep. which makes sense and then this past weekend i found something out about railroads and railroad crossings now there was this uh it was my mother-in-law was talking about a friends of hers that was, this happened years ago, but there was a group of three women. They were, they were in college uh, through in San Diego, Sanford. I can't remember, remember what, exactly what town, but they were standing about maybe a car's length away from the railroad tracks. Trails were going 40 miles an hour, but due to the violent vacuum, sucked them right in. Killed the other two instantly. The other one and the other gal that survived. Well she well gee came in, broke every single body of her or every single bone in her body, pushed her right back out. In a matter of seconds, she died later on, but it gives you a whole other perspective on why the BNSF has put these laws in effect yep. around the uh Rural railroad track, but it, it creates a nuisance about uh, not being able to cross them. And I know back hunter countries and anglers are, are doing their best to fight that and try to leave it. But I think it comes down to the, the not knowing of this because I would have never would have guessed because, I mean, yeah. I've, I've been around tra- trains all my life, mm-hmm. but they've always been in town. I've never yeah. encountered them outside where they could be going 50, 60, 70 miles an hour. And learning this is like, wow, that makes really good sense. It's like just literally picking them up, throwing them the side of the cars tossing right back out and dying. It's like, that's just fucking nuts. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, um, her, um, Alicia's uncle works for union Pacific. And I have a friend that works for BNSF and it's, yeah, you gotta stay away from it. And it's like, I taught and he's commented about that too, about staying away from them as it comes to, because they, where do they live at? No more than 30 feet is railroad tracks. Because goes the road, rail tracks, their house, the river. Jeez, and so it's like now after hearing the story she got grandbabies now so now the grandbabies can't be up there so when they hear train they, they either they get downstairs or get away from the train
1: yep exactly it's just it's just freaky. that's that's insane like, i
0: would never would have thought of that because it's like you don't hear about this stuff you don't hear about these horror stories because don't get me wrong they don't happen very often because of the way people treat trains with respect because they've been around for so long it's such a, a massive enti- entity you can't do anything around it like a person to really listen to a stir simpson he used to be a a, a um, yard master out in utah that controlled the entire distribution of the west coast and if something went wrong it's like it's just It's gonna mess up everybody's world. He said he was putting in ninety hours work. Now he's become a musician or uh, a country singer and become quite the success. He's even got his own little show on Netflix.
1: Oh, jeez. Yeah,
0: and it's like and his music's pretty psychedelic. It's pretty cool stuff. And it's like he's been on Rogan a few times. I recommend listening to him and like listen to his music because his music's actually really good. It's 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 not very popish and it's like it's very original and it talks about a turtle on tripping on acid and, and then like it's just like it's it's a very interesting song it's like you know i don't think i want to go that far in the rabbit hole but <laughs> yeah, i us give it a shout to listen to
1: yeah exactly
0: but anyways now since we're getting back on track here with the uh, so your dad got you started with the hunting and then with bows do you gun hunt or do you strictly just
1: bow yep, yep. so i i'll gun hunt too um mm-hmm. all my elk hunts so i've been on two elk hunts that i had ho, and then i've been to oregon too and i can talk about that a little bit in a little bit here um but all my hunts were archery um okay i'll gun hunt for deer in wisconsin mm-hmm. um but i'd rather bow hunt um and that that's just me personally you know likewise e- each their own um you know and and that's that gets into like i said about you know what, what you can afford and things like that with archery mm-hmm. is you know what you have time for you know i know it's a nine day nine day gun season in wisconsin um that's when you know families get together, things like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, there. Realistically, since I've been to Wisconsin, I have I have an older brother um, and an older sister. Um, my brother will come down and, and archery hunt with us. Um, he hasn't been in the last couple of years, but he he has came down. Um, but for gun season, it's pretty much mm-hmm. just me, my dad, and my mom will go out every once in a while. But okay. um, that we've just pretty much just bow hunt. Um, I've shot you know, a couple bucks with, with a gun. Um, you know, I, I, the first year I ever killed, uh, first buck was with a gun. Um, I shot a little, little six pointer. Um, and then two or three years ago, I killed about a 140, 145 inch, um, 11 pointer.
0: That's the one you sent me at work, right?
1: Nope. That's a different one. Okay. Cause um, the one you
0: sent me was that, that was a 150 class a yep, little over. Yep. That. Okay.
1: So it's, uh, so it's like I so that uh, one that I shot with a gun, um, was yeah, you know, 140, 145 ish. Um, and he's got a, his right beam actually droops down a little bit. Okay. Um, so it could be a drop time. I don't know. It depends on how what, what you call it. Um, but then I did kill my biggest buck to date is 155 inch. Um, he'd be 11 pointer because He's got a five and a half inch drop time on his right side. Okay. Um, never knew. I, I thought I knew he was on the property. Um, but come to find out after I killed him, um, Trail cameras, all that stuff. Come to find out, it's a different deer. So oh, no I, I had two bucks. Um, the one that I killed has a five and a half inch on the right side. The buck that I thought he was has it on his left side. Okay. Um, And about a year after I killed that, and that was... That's been a while ago, though. That's been at least... so It's been 10 years because mm-hmm. this year I got married um, to my wife. So the next year... Uh, youth hunter um, for, for the youth season, which is, what September, you know, middle or when is the youth season? Well, beginning of October, something like that. I know
0: Minnesota just had theirs last weekend. Yeah, so, so been, I think like, that because like, Minnesota and Wisconsin have identical, pretty much identical seasons, yeah. except for it might have been January a week seasons
1: for that. I don't, know. but yeah, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Um, somebody killed that buck mm-hmm. With that had on the left. He actually went downhill from the pictures I had of him. Mm-hmm. Um. But he still had, I think it was like four inch drop him on his left side. Okay. Um, about a mile and a half away from where I had him. Okay. Um, so that that was interesting because I knew people that were watching him at night. Mm-hmm. Um, in a field, but where I killed mine was eighty acres away from where where this one was, and that's why I'm like, geez, he you know, and that's not that far, but mm-hmm. like he mm-hmm. he showed dis- decent amount. And then actually when I sent a picture, um, my dad was driving back from Kansas whitetail hunting and he's like, that's not him. I'm like, what do you mean? It's not him. He's like, look at the pictures again. And I looked and, Yep. Sure. Shit. It's not him. Okay. Um, so yeah. So, but, but back to gun hunting, you know, I, I've, I've gun hunted, but it's mostly, i mostly bow hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just personal, ex- you know, perf- personal preferences is I'd rather bow hunt, have the experience longer season. Mm-hmm. Um, little bit more challenging um, i
0: i like that too because it's like i primarily i do have a 30-06 yep. but i spend most of my time with the bow in my hand because it's like i just found myself being more confident and being able to put an arrow where i want to go yep. and, and gun hunting gets expensive because it's like you still have to practice and you, and it's like the ammunition is not cheap and that's where <laughs> that's what arch- i was just gonna say but that's where archery where you can throw an arrow and if you like i never i never grouped them together because i see all these people put them in like in a, in a half dollar size it's like man you must have the bank <laughs> roll when you if you happen to robin hood one it's like it's hey, expensive i'm using maxima reds and like yep. a half dozens 90 yep. dollars it's like i buy a three spot minimum so I'm, I'm putting three arrows in different spots this way then it's like i'm just fine tuning the area right there plus it gives my eyes a different point to focus on as well yeah and you can go you walk down there pull them out and you go shoot him again with with shotguns like well or a rifle it's like you gotta buy a box of 20 I gotta spend another 20 bucks yep I spend another 20 bucks and by the time you know it's like you already at a hundred dollars. Like, man, this is so much fun, uh-huh. but it's like, it's 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 expensive. Oh yeah. And I got I, I got invited to my first um uh Wisconsin deer camp this this upcoming uh gun season, and it's like hopefully the weather will work out in my favor, but it's gonna yeah. be a little trip to go up to Green Bay. Oh yeah. Up in that area there, and it's like, well, I'm gonna bring both my thirty out six and the bow because it's like, well, it depends on what I'm seeing. It's like I might just grab the bow and bring <laughs> because you can because st- it, it's not like they suspend the season. You nope. can use your you bow can use it yep. all throughout the same several seasons same thing in minnesota and Uh, use your archery tag yeah and you you can use your archery tag for as well so it's like or you can you can can use your um uh rifle tag when you with a bow can't you or not
1: i'm not sure on that i'm not sure either i know you can use your bow tag i know that Mm -hmm. um
0: but you but can you use an archery can you use uh, a bow and arrow to harvest a deer using your rifle tag
1: that is the question you might. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, not sure either. Because it's like I have that up.
0: Yeah, that that would be something that we definitely won't assume that's the case. Because yeah. you don't want to. be I, in trouble. I know
1: in Minnesota, um, because I know of guys that have hunted with archery, and they've used. They you can use your archery tag in Minnesota mm-hmm. during yes, the season. Yes, that is true. Um, yeah, that's yeah.
0: I've I've hunt more. I've been hunting there for the last decades. So it's like yeah. I'm more familiar with it. Like today, I, I have a friend of mine coming in from Colorado. It's the host of Whitetail Rendezvous, Bruce Hutchin. And him and I are going, we've been planning, trying to be playing a hunt together for like the last three years. <laughs> Year one, like when I shot this buck, yep. I didn't, I, the, the night I found out when I shot him is when I found out he was in the hospital. He hit some black ice uh, about an hour and a half north of here, and it rolled his truck, he dropped it down 30 feet into a, into a ditch, and the and he's... He, he's in his uh, late, he's in his 70s right now and he managed to climb all the way out and get rescued and and it's like, well, we'll just try to go for next year. And Last year came along and with the and we just, we just, I wasn't able to have the PTO to do it. And so, because like, yep. I, I got, we did a, a trip or something like that and ate it, up, ate it all up. And then this year, it's like we finally made it to happen because it's like I, I bank I, I budgeted my PTO well. And then it's like we were, my wife and I are planning our honeymoon right around too. My, yep. my sister's letting us stay there. So it should be very fun. And it's like, I, we have some good shooter bucks. And I told him, it's like, well, it's like, I'm hoping we can get you some, some horns and some meat. And it's like, and on top of that too, I was reading it that it's limitless because the, the, 643. The unit we're hunting it is limitless uh, doe, but I am when I go to get my tag and stuff like that, I'm probably just going to buy like the uh, sportsman so I can yep. get the the muzzleloader, the shotgun, and the rifle tags all in one. Yep, exactly. And then this way, then I'm going to talk to them about like what are the actual rules behind it and like and how do, like do, how, many tag, how many antlers tags do I get right at the get-go. Yep. Get all those questions asked by somebody that actually, because I go to Coyote Creek because that's my go-to when I'm there. Then here in Wisconsin, I go to lacrosse archery for my go-to yep. to get my questions answered.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I've, like talking about lacrosse archery, you know, when I was at Matthews, you know, I, Anthony and all them guys are, are great guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, mm-hmm. they had a few other, um, they branched off a little bit also. Um, they had Sparta Archery, which was half a mile away from Matthews factory. Um, mm-hmm. They had that one for a while. And then they, of course they, they shut that down in the last you know couple of years. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing is you got to make business decisions too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Ken and all them guys were just great guys to work with. Um, you know what, especially at lunch break, you know, like I said, it's half mile away. Mm-hmm. Half the shop was Matthew's guys sitting there, you know, uh, BSN and shooting and, you know, like I said, great guys at at lacrosse mm-hmm, Archer, That's mm-hmm. for sure.
0: I do recommend Shumate uh, strings because that's what I'm currently using mm-hmm. on my bow. And he sent and uh, Anthony set me up last year with a set of strings, and it's like I they shoot great. They're very easy to work with, and then uh, we've actually found a sweet spot. It's Like I thought it was a 29 and a half inch draw, and then I went to a 20 or 29 inch draw. And I went to a Twenty eight and three quarters. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I wasn't. In, I'm a in complete control at full draw. Yep, and it's like I just like that's that was that was the money right there because like when I, when you shoot an elite, you have to have a bracket to adjust your cams, which is like, I'm not a big fan of that now because it ke- becomes a little taxing. Cause like not everybody has it. Yep. And, uh, one nice thing is about like, when you buy getting back to buying a bow at a pro shop, the place that I bought my bow in Coyote Creek in Rochester, I have lifetime fixes on it. So it's like, I take it there for everything. Yep. And that's the great thing is like, I, I've been given, I bought my first bow there, I bought my second bow there, probably going to buy my third bow there or all oh, depends on what the money when when the money's right, yeah, what I'm going to buy because exactly. I'm torn between an expedition and a Matthews because I love the Matthews Traverse because I shot that and it's like God, this is a smooth shooting bow. Yep. And then I shot the Mountaineer X from Expedition. It's like God damn, this is a good bow too. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's like it is a little bit of a cheap, it is a little bit cheaper in price, but it's yep. still it's- if I had the money, I'd buy both of them. But it's like I have to make a decision. Yeah, you got to make like, a decision. Yep. I it's like, but I'm not in a rush because the bow I have right now meets my needs, and it's like I, yep. I'm comfortable with it. And I, I it's like I can sh- I can go three months. Like this past summer, I went three months without picking it up and shooting. and It's like and it was 40 yards, right like this. It's like you know, it's like one of those things yep. when you have that established muscle memory. And plus, I also have the oh, uh, what's the uh, the bow device that you can pick up? What's it called? Oh, Akubo. Oh, yep. out, out of Peru, Illinois. Yep. I've talked to those guys. I'm going to have them on the podcast one of these days because it's like I pass by Peru every time I go down there. <laughs> and it's like, I love it because it's like there's times where it's like I'm scrolling through my in- Instagram feed and I'll tag them in there. And it's like just like asking them to input their pro- professional opinion. You know what I'm So this way it's like, hey, look. And because plus, then it's like the. It also gives them opportunity for a sale. But it's like having them have the extra customer service. Like, hey, I see your poundage is too hard. I see you're struggling in the draw. Why don't you do this and then, then work your way back up to it? Because yep. you don't have to be at full speed of the bow. It's like be comfortable because this is a tool. And that tool is it's like you gotta tune it to what you are. And like my my approach when it comes down to bow shopping is shoot everything. Shoot from the sixteen hundred down to the three hundred dollar bow. And don't even pay attention to the price in the beginning. Yep. Spend like three months just shooting every bow you can. I have a buddy of mine out in Arizona. He he's he's a a tech guy. He looks like he likes to look at all the specs. It's like bows are much different. It's like you actually gotta put them in your hand because the vibration. It it can sway you one
1: way or the other. Yep. If it doesn't
0: feel comfortable, you're not going to feel comfortable discharging it and taking an animal's yep. life. Yep,
1: and that that's exactly is, you know, Matthews Hoyt PSC anybody, mm-hmm. they're all smart guys. They all have engineers. Mm-hmm. They can make a 400 foot a second bow, mm-hmm. but do you want to shoot it? That's the thing.
0: It's 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 so touchy, man. It's like I've yep. shot the Mako X, and that it wasn't for me. Yep. It's, a, it's a great bow but it was not for me and it's like yep. i didn't i didn't feel comfortable with it and it's like it's like you know i'd rather be comfortable with something because it's like cause this is something that's mm-hmm. going to provide meat and i don't want this thing going like damaging it or anything like yep. that so or hurry myself because i've heard people fucking up there's rotator cups and oh, stuff yeah. like that it's like you won't you you want to get something that's you're you're capable of doing
1: yep exactly And, you know, in that and Matt, Matt McPherson actually said that before he goes, I can make a bow that shoots 400, 420, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to want to shoot it. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the thing is you can do it, but it's are you going to want to shoot it or can you shoot it consistently? Mm -hmm. You know, not there's probably guys out there that can. But Mm -hmm. do you Mm -hmm. like not many people are going to want to, you know, it'll be the guys that say, oh, I can shoot a 400 foot bow. Well, yeah but like you said your rotator cuff is out in a year because you're you know mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. the draw force curve and everything else um but yeah that's that's for sure um let's see oh I can go um but- the little bit different between I didn't talk about this quickly here so between Oregon and Idaho okay I yeah, because I
0: was, was going to ask you about the Oregon, because it's, like, it's like, I'm kind of curious about it, because I used to live in Oregon, I used to live in Taggart, and it's like, yep. what's it like, it's like, what's it like to sh- go hunting for elk, for Roosevelt,
1: <laughs> yep. elk, those yep. big monsters? Exactly, so, and that's what I was going to say, so Idaho's, uh, you know, Eastern, um, you know, Rocky Mountain elk, is okay. well, that's what Idaho's got. Oregon's got both, mm-hmm. um, depending on where you go, um, I was... Uh, what I might have been five ten miles away from the ocean is where wow. I hunted. I mean, it was it was like hunting a jungle. So now
0: were you up by? T- were you up towards like Tillamook? Or I was south?
1: by um, what's it called? It's not Norfolk. Um, it's just like, uh, I gotta think what what it's called now. I can't think of Salem is where I I went. It was when I was with my Matthews. Um, the retailer's out of Salem, Oregon. Um. But where we actually hunted was was like right outside. Like I said, it's five six miles away from um, the ocean. So you just well, at least I nice say with
0: the because Tillamook is up towards north, like over by Astoria. That's where Good Old Free will is, uh, and Goonies and all those popular late eighties early ninety mm-hmm. movies. Now, did, now, how did you get a tag? Did you get drawn or so? How did work
1: out? So in both both of them are over the counter. Um, really no yep. kidding
0: now with this for bull or for cow
1: bull no shit yep yep so you got lucky on that one there yep so it's all over the counter um i flew into portland um mm-hmm. the the dealer's wife and i i've known um known the guy for a long time pacific crest archery great guys out there mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. raised the owner his wife liz picked us up is it was me and another buddy of mine that worked um that still works for matthews flew into portland um drove us to salem you know, just grab something to eat and we head headed uh headed west to the more or less the ocean. Mm-hmm. And it was a couple hour drive. Um w- luckily we had ray knows people out there. Um great yeah it was actually weird. There's three rays in the camp. Um, so it was, it was very interesting. there's Ray Junior, Ray, Ray Senior, and then Ray, or, oh, wow. or or Bo Ray, is what they call him. So it was it was very interesting. So when you see,
0: when you yell at Ray, everybody's like, "What? What's going yeah, on here?" Now? It,
1: exactly. Um. So I mean, it it was an incredible hunt, and he told me he said, "You're going to be hunting a jungle. Like it's it's crazy. It's thick. Yeah." So we um, they had two boats. Um, mm-hmm. I jumped in a boat with a guy. Um with the, with the archery owner Ray and then the other, so it was two Chris's and three rays. The other guy that went with me was named Mm -hmm, Chris too. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He jumped in with the Ray jr. And we kind of went totally separate ways on, on the river. Um, All right. Weirdly enough. So I, uh, the last night that we could hunt, um, of course we, we always separated. I, I saw a couple bulls. Um, but like I said, it's so thick. Um, what finally happened is I just set up in a meadow um, mm-hmm. set up there, Ray said, this might be your chance kind of thing and nothing, but I heard something crashing behind me. Okay. I'm like, okay. Whatever. Some, you know, keep watching. You know, was
0: it the Squatch? Was it, the Sasquatch? <laughs> was it a big <laughs> I, I don't know. I never saw it.
1: Um, <laughs> so I, the thing is, is I know they have mountain lions out there. So I'm like, bear, and bears and stuff like that. So I'm keep watching nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay. So Ray comes up down the trail and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, Hey, Chris shot one. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Okay. He said, but I was, what he did, which she didn't tell me this until after the fact, when he dropped me off there, he kept going and he Mm -hmm. went up on, on a hill and he saw a bunch of bulls down kind of by where I was. That's what happened. Okay. So he, Chris called him, said, Hey, I shot one, came back down, got me. And he said, you can come with me and we can track this elk or you can go that way. And, see if you can find a bull like there's a couple over there I said okay, okay. so mm-hmm. I just walk a regular you know trail I'm walking and all I see is a cow pop out I'm like oh okay and the difference between if I don't know how many people know this so Rocky Mountain and Roosevelts Roosevelts aren't as big horns but they're bigger bodies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the difference between Rocky Mountain is they have bigger horns not as big bodies um so it's cow pops out I'm like oh okay you know hold off here and then another cow, another cow, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" And then I hear bugling. I'm like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. And here's a five by five steps out. Ooh, side? Yep. So I'm like, it happened so quick that I didn't, I wasn't able to range it. Um. So I look at it and I'm like, okay, it's 40 yards. Draw back, shoot it. Turns and spins and runs. I'm like, oh, oh okay. So. I wait for a little bit and I walk up and don't see any blood or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to go try to search this thing with just me. You know, I don't, uh-huh. again, this is like a freaking jungle. Um, So I just walked back. We tracked Chris's bowl for six hours and we do have no clue. It's just little drips. So we don't know if he hit it low um, or what he did, but we never found the bowl. Um, um, which Homer. which was terrible. Um, yeah,
0: it's, it's like I, w- I was watching Steve Vernel's last night. He was hunting in Washington for his, and he shot his far back, and he got some meat loss in it. But you, he's like, after you let go, it's you just you just feel him look sick. And yep. it's like I've been there myself personally, but not on uh, not on a mega like that on a whitetail. Yep. It's like I can forget. It's like a little more forgiveness, but man, yeah. it's like shooting something that big and how hard uh-huh. you have to walk just to get an encounter. Yep. Yeah, man, it's like, yeah.
1: And he shot a spike is what he shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so after tracking it for a while, you know, and like I said, I mean, it's just like drip, long ways, drip, long way, drip. Like, it was crazy. And finally, um, Ray Jr., he's like, this bull's not dead. He goes, you didn't kill it. He's like, for as little blood as we're tracking here, he goes, if we haven't found it, he's had you it, it's still living
0: you yeah, could probably give it like three to six hours before you yeah. get back out but now um, what time of year was this
1: so this was right september 15th oh so it was right. still warm yeah yep so their elk go from the end of august to like the end of september if i remember off the top of my head mm-hmm. um but they told us this is the time you want to go so we let mine lay like we didn't even look because we were focused on his because we mm-hmm. had blood okay um track that like i said couldn't find it and we're we're kicking ourselves you know because i didn't see blood mm-hmm. where i hit him so i'm just like oh crap you know right, we're, taking,
0: we're, you didn't find the arrow so it wasn't a pass-through
1: no so we're just kicking ourselves um so the next morning, Ray walks in. Is like, get your ass up. We're going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I bet. I bet he was like.
0: So he probably didn't sleep at all.
1: Yeah, and because that's the thing is, I knew mine was big, but I didn't know how big he was. Um. So we went back. We got on my blood trail. I'm like, oh, sweet. And like I said, it's like shooting a Buick. Um. So these <laughs> things, you know, and being a whitetail guy, you see blood, and you're like, oh, you know, this thing's gonna be dead around the corner. Well, again, these things are huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tracked it, tracked it, lost some blood. Um, and I mean, we tracked for another four hours trying to look and couldn't find anything. And I'm, okay. I mean, I'm just both of us are just sick. We got to leave. So Liz, Ray's wife, picks us up um, and leaves and you know, we got a plane to catch. So uh-huh. we're just kicking ourselves. You know, we we shipped our stuff back. OK, um, so we got back on a Sunday night. You know, get to Matthews on Monday. You know, I got to tell people that I hit a bowl and didn't find it and kicking myself. Monday night or Monday afternoon, I get a call on my cell phone. I answer it. I'm like, hey. It's like, hey, it's it's Ray. What's going on? I'm like kicking myself still. And he goes, we found your bowl." Oh, shit. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So he said, the thing is, is I can't move it until I have a tag. You can't. You know, in which I think it's all states. You know, you can't move anything until you have a tag. Yeah. So he said, "What you got to do is you got to ship your tag back here." I said, "Okay." I said, "Luckily, I my stuff came back quick. I think I we like second day aired it." Um, Okay. So I got my tag. I took my tag, signed it. Did I have to do? You know, marked it up. Did all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Mm Next day, aired it out to Oregon, which is not cheap. I'll tell you that. That's like oh, yeah, fifty but we're t- bucks.
0: Yeah, but we're talking like
1: a, a oh yeah twelve
0: hundred pound animal. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So they they go back and you know get it, and what happened was Ray already killed a black bear. He gets over there, and there's a black bear laying on top of my elk, eating it. Oh shit! So to this day, so they you know got the bear ran away. They go over took a i think they took like a skill saw or you know a something um and just cut the head off because bear already ate and you know wolves and whatever i, was already pretty much picked clean. I mean every he said that it was it was there's gone no, there's
0: no meat left you know oh. he's
1: he's like i could see he's like you hit it right behind the shoulder that was about the only thing you could really see okay um but we didn't get the meat which is just that's just That's sickening in itself, Mm -hmm. especially you know. I I don't want to do that. Um, But listen, nice
0: thing is it it still made the circle of life in a sense. You know, it's like it still was able to produce energy back into the ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. At least you get the horns, but it's not what you were out there for. Yeah, exactly. So So you can't eat the
1: horns. Yep. So he took the tag, um, luckily, and and again, Ray's a great guy. He actually brought to his taxidermist. if I would if I would have been there, I would have mounted the whole I would have full body mounted, of it, or not full body like a shoulder mount of it if I was, you know, if we would have found it, whatever. Okay. Um but again, he said, I mean, it's it's eaten like this.
0: Oh, so you had to go with the European?
1: So we had to so he did a European for me. Okay. Um, shipped it to me. So, you know, takes on the back of the vet, whatever, and it gets it and ships it to Matthews. Um, I get it, open it up. I mean, this is the first time I've seen this thing. So the right side's a five. The left side's got a five. But on the top, if you've ever seen a red stag, they kind of like crown on the top. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what this one does. Oh,
0: beautiful. It's awesome. It's just um, my dream hunt as a red stag out in New Zealand.
1: Yep. So he, you can actually see on the back of the horns, you can see where the bear had claws. On the back of my my horns where he was scraping on it.
0: Oh, so you actually get the imprint, the, uh-huh. the scratch print. Oh, that's cool.
1: So... I mean, and, and uh, that's been... My son's going to be eight, so that's oh, almost eight years ago. He, was, he wasn't he was born yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I want to go back. And Ray, I mean, he always tells me, come on whenever you want. And I just never have done it. And um, one thing, I guess my dream hunt, or I have a couple of them, but it would be a mountain lion. I want to kill a mountain lion oh, for some man. reason. And he's always told me, he's like, give me a call. I know guys in Nevada. That's where you want to kill them. The only... Not issue with mountain lions. Um, the state of Oregon, you can't use use dogs to track them. Good um, luck they, finding one. They tr- they changed that a couple years ago. Or, See, guess, that's eight, that's the battle ago. we're dealing with. Yep, um, is that he could do it? I mean, Ray has shot every animal in the state of Oregon besides a mountain goat. He actually had the world record, or not the world record, the state record um, sheep, Rocky Mountain sheep. He killed. Four years ago. Um, okay. and this last year I think somebody shot one an eighth of an inch or something bigger. Oh um, man, but it's like it's it's he, it, it's yep, yeah. he will be the only guy in the state that has ever killed every animal in the in, in Oregon. That's
0: insane.
1: But getting a mountain goat in Oregon is a once in a lifetime.
0: Oh, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, so, it's like, uh, I've, I've done my hiking through Tillamook Forest, and that you are, I, I completely understand that. that. That's a jungle, because I remember uh, when I was out there uh, camping out there. So like the first day we got there, absolutely gorgeous. And then it rained, and oh, it yeah. rained, and it's like the sleeping bag got wet. The clothes got wet, and it's like all we're trying to do is to try to keep a fire so we don't get uh, uh, hypothermia, because it's like it was get cold at night, And it was, but it was, it's, it's like, you know, enjoying the suck, and made that trip all worth it but we have we've spooked up some roosevelt elk and it's like it's just a thunder going through especially when you come across the harem of of cows and such
1: no yeah. i found it so newport is between newport and celeste is okay. where i was hunting um right in between there there's there's a bunch of rivers that go through there um is where I was. Where it was so now,
0: it. now, I understand that the, the prices, the tags change. But what was over counter tag for non resident in Oregon that year? You it went
1: wasn't out? actually that terrible of, of what I think of for a non resident. Um, I think it might have been 450, $500. Really? That's, it wasn't it's that still bad. still not bad
0: for for being ten years yep.
1: ago. my. my like yeah like you said i'm going to kansas in two weeks um, yeah I'm, I'm leaving that's what i was
0: already like let's i want to talk i want to hear about the mindset you get into about kansas but anyways finish yep, your yep. story about so, oregon
1: uh, so between them two is, so i'm leaving like i said leaving in two weeks for kansas my take for kansas is 500 bucks
0: oh shit that's for a white tail.
1: <laughs> yeah and it's like that's that's like a third of them that's like uh what is it like an eighth of the meat uh-huh. exactly so i paid that for to shoot roosevelt what i'm going to pay for to go to kansas plus um, the,
0: the travel down there yeah. and the back oh and, yeah and yep. the worst
1: part is like and at least shipping when you went and everything to, else
0: and when you went do, and when you went down to, out to oregon at least you had a chance to get something like here yeah. it's like oh, God, fucking love. so now yep. cuz tony was giving give was telling me and giving you some shit about like he never <laughs> he always goes down there but never comes back with anything but what now, because how far is it from where from here? So we're not going to mention the county where you hunt yep. because if we do, we're going to lie. It's going to be like sixteen <laughs> counties away. But from here to where you're going to be hunting, what's the ETA to get out so there? So
1: if I, when I leave Was when I leave Sparta, Wisconsin, or I leave to get to where I'm at is about twelve hours.
0: Jesus, that's a trip.
1: Um, so what I'll do, I actually went out there um three weeks ago. I went out. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, me and my dad went out there, hung stands. Um, my dad retired back in May, so I kind of just jumped in his truck and let's go kind of thing. He's got nothing better to do. Uh-huh. Um, so we went out, hung stands, talked to some farmers. Okay. Um, I'm hunting. There's a lot of public land. Um, but there's some, a lot of private, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the difference between Wisconsin and Kansas, the biggest difference that I've seen, I've hunted it. This will be my third year. I'm um, hunting it. I hunted it about five years ago. And then I hunted it last year. Okay. Um, five years ago, I shot a 140 inch eight pointer last year. I killed, a. uh, 8 pointer, uh, smaller 8 pointer um, it was hit previously so it came, got hit came towards me on a watering hole so I just, you know, didn't want it to suffer anything. Suffering. So, just, so you, just, you just put an arrow through it? Yeah, and, and I killed it um, I mean, it got the meat, which realistically that's what it's a lot of times about you know, like, I like the horns but you can't always eat horns either mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. killed it, you know got it all butchered, great, you know uh-huh. um, it was shot about an hour before I shot it is what happened. Okay. Um, so it was just a hit back. And then this year again. Um, but when I went out, started knocking on some doors. Um, mm-hmm. I used the Onyx map. Um, it's a good app. You got to pay for it. But there's, there's plus it's and minus worth the to mo-
0: it. It's worth the money from what everybody tells yep, me. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can get a plat book and do the same thing. But the one thing that I've seen between a plat book and that is that it will tell you where you can... where. Um, there's areas that are public or private, but you can walk. So they changed them from, it's a privately owned person, okay. but you can have foot trafficking and hunt it. All right. So it's kind of a weird, like it's private, but it's public. You you know what I'm saying? Okay, but you, I get it. You just name. can't, I mean, similar it's, to like walk. South
0: Dakota has a lot of those things yep. in North Dakota as well.
1: Yep. So it's, it's walking only. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's about 12 hours knocking on some doors. It was super wet. Um, end of end. Of, well, that would have been end of September. Mm-hmm. Um, the farmer that I stay with, um, my dad's been there for a long long time. We've had we have friends that stay out there, so mm-hmm. we. Mm-hmm. That's one lucky thing is we don't have to pay for a hotel or something. That is a nice win. That, right that there. saves a lot. Um, but he's he's a rancher. He's been there for sixty years or something. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. his his family's been been and then doing ranching for hundreds of years I guess. So um, so they
0: probably got land back when the government was giving out land for Oh free. yeah.
1: He he I when I was out there I was talking to him and his great grandpa had I think it was like twenty square miles of land. Wow. And then he inherited it kind of thing. Like through through the pro you know there's someone sold, but he mm-hmm. still owns a significant chunk of land. Um I actually don't even hunt his land. I um, the friends that invited us out there hunt his land. So I just kind of stay away from it. You know, he, he would let me, but I don't want to, you know, step on anybody's toes either. I'd, I'll find my own so stuff.
0: How many people are in this group in this camp?
1: So, um, the landowner, which is the rancher, him, and there's a family of three. Um, okay. so four of them all together. Um, and then the landowner also has a group from Alabama that comes up. Okay. Um, when they get drawn, of course. Kansas you have to draw for um mm-hmm. a lot of times you can get drawn if you don't get drawn the first year normally you will the second year um, okay kind of just what we've figured out after 15 years of doing this mm-hmm. um so he's got about four or five guys that come so we kind of try to
0: try not to put so much pressure because you're looking at yep. almost like 10 guys there and that's yeah. a lot of pressure granted he has a lot of land but, but yeah, it's like it's, you all have to get out to it yep exactly and, and there's, there's a lot of fields and cars and, yep. and stuff like
1: that exactly so i just find it try to find public or private um that's what we did but the farmer or the rancher farmer rancher same thing um he was actually budding up he he pays the co op to cut all his fields okay but he plants them all he was a right behind the combine when we were there planting winter wheat they they're cutting soybeans he's right behind him planting winter wheat because it's so wet he goes because i don't know if i can get it in if i can't if i don't follow them that's how wet it was in kansas this wow year. That's so, impressive, but at least, he's, at least he's on top of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's just him. He doesn't have anybody else. It's just him. Um, and I I don't even know how much acres. He's probably six, seven, eight thousand 8,000 acres of what this guy has. Yeah, God damn. That's, oh, a lot, yeah. that's a lot of land. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, some of it is woods, but a lot of it is, is field and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm super excited for it. Um, I mean, it's there watching outdoor tv in general you go to kansas i mean there's Mm -hmm. there's big bucks oh Um, yes
0: well we live we live in the mecca of big bucks anyway so so when it comes down to big bucks it's like we live in wisconsin we have Mm -hmm. the most record bucks out there we 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 have it's like currently we have like 1500 200 plus class bucks yep where the next closest is um iowa then it goes to minnesota then it goes to illinois but these these are these these stats of course change so these stats that i'm remembering off the top of my head yeah. are 2017 so of course they had 29 2018 to change so yeah. but anyways it's like we but when we live here it's like we we have the potential of doing mm-hmm. it but now like we talked earlier on the podcast we have a lot of predators that are besides oh, yeah. ourselves going after all these big bucks as well and it, it makes oh, yeah. things very difficult because it's like the guys that i'm going to be joining their uh, their um the club, the camp. It's the most time they just, they go up there, they play cards, they drink beer. And yep. that's about it. Yep. And it's stuff like and he, him and I had a conversation off the air where he, where he got out to this pu- public pl- parcel of land and he watches one guy come out. He was probably maybe 80 yards out there. He watched him sit down with his light on there. And he hears this rip of the bag open. and He pours the bag out and he got, walks. Was like, what you doing here? Stuff like that. And it's like, and it's like, and I don't, I don't I, I'm not sure if he end up calling DNR, but it's like, you know, it gives the people out there like a like real kind of gives them a sore eye, you know? Yep. And then I've seen on the news on the, on the, on the interwebs that there are people out there trespassing on people's lands, knocking over ground blinds. Yep. I just saw them that too. Hunt the hunters. And it's like.
1: I saw one that they spray painted the guys blind, like inside and yeah. everything. And just, said,
0: one of them said it was at the hunters. And it's yep, like, he was taking was. his daughter out there to go hunting. It's like, I, as a father of a daughter, I'd be a little perturbed as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the, the amount of trespassing and the theft. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on guys, we're, we're, we're already losing a battle. It's like, why are you putting, giving us a black eye on top of it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that, that's actually happened to us in Kansas. the um, fish, uh-huh. smell starts. smell good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was, uh, my dad was hunting. I went out to film them. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on a, a private or a, actually it was a public, um, reservoir or whatever. Um, and this, he probably had to go one eighties walks out and I'm like, holy crap. I mean, this is, and this is 15 years ago. Okay. And I'm looking, I'm like, and he's coming right towards us. I mean like a string and I'm like, okay, great. And he stops, but hundred yards out, just dead, just, just slides. And I'm like, so I look at my dad, I'm like, what the heck's going on here? Okay. And he turns his head, looks towards the road and just boogies, just heads out of there. And I'm like. I mean, he's not not downwind. Like, what the heck is going on? Two guys walk up in regular street clothes, saw our truck parked, parked their truck, walked down, jumped, or, you know, you had to go through a fence or whatever, which mm-hmm. is, it's all public. No problem. Goes to every single rub and scrape and starts rubbing on the trees and kicking the dirt and walks right to our tree and goes, oops, Sorry and i i had a few choice words um, i would too
0: i would too i'd be a little furious cuz that's you know, very the, rude
1: you know and i was what 16 17 you know so i was in mm-hmm. that you know that, that that mind of you know kidnish or you know The unique adult-ish. thing was
0: though it's like you can get him for hitting a minor but then it's like <laughs> then he, but then you get him for aggravated assault and then you can yep. never hunt again you can never well at least use a firearm
1: yeah exactly so yeah. i mean it's a
0: little it, fucked up to think that way but it's like it's like uh-huh. well it's like come on hit me hit me yeah, I, dare I mean you.
1: it was it was so and then um we, we actually had to leave the next day yeah because um, he messed
0: up the entire yeah yeah and,
1: and we had something else come up um that we had to leave for um there's a funeral that came up that we had to go to oh, um those
0: are never, never any fun
1: yeah exactly so we had to leave and do that so he never killed one that year but i mean and uh a year before that he had, there was a 200 incher across the road on a private piece Okay. That my dad and, like I said, that Joel Maxfoot guy, um, they were it was them two were hunting over there at that time. Um, they were trying to find the landowner. Couldn't figure it out. And so I went to the gas station and said, hey, do you guys know who? And they go, good luck. Like, why? He goes, oh, are you guys trying to kill that 200-inch deer that lays there? Like, yeah. Like, he's not going to let you. He doesn't let anybody hunt it. But everybody in town knew about it.
0: Oh wow! So, it's, so it's, it's, it
1: knew where to stay mm-hmm. because it's it's like I'll just stay here all day because I know that I'm not I'm untouchable. Yeah, nobody killed that deer that that we know of.
0: And getting getting here's something I just found today that that, that there has been a year long uh, investigation on a hunter in Iowa because there's a there's a Facebook page called Trophy Hunter Trophy um, White Tails of Iowa or something like that, and because of this one photo. Sp- Sparked an investigation, and now they're finally going to be able to press charges on this hunter there. And uh, I got the article on the Bucks of America podcast uh, Facebook page, and you can go and read it. And it's very interesting, like how how that all works. And, like the unique thing about my my position here is that I have a, a decent following, but it's like anytime I'm on Instagram and I get a photo from a state. I grab that DNRs and I throw them on there because I don't know if that's legit or not. Yeah. But the DNR now has a chance to go in there. And I try to at least get the first and last name of the person that hunted it and at least try to get some, maintain that credibility. And this way they can always go and cross check. Cause that's how a lot of them are hunting these yep. days, hunting down poachers. And it's just fan. It's just, it's a, it's a good thing to do that. It's like, you yep. gotta be careful out there. It's like, you got this big buck and think nobody's going to figure it out. But it's like all of a sudden, like kind of like in your situation, people know that buck and that buck comes up missing. Yep. Oh, somebody's in trouble. Somebody's exactly. in big trouble.
1: Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, I actually just saw today talking about, but Iowa is um, looks like Tiffany Lukoski killed a another giant. Yeah. Um, and, and that is another thing with being with Matthews. They're sponsored by Matthews. I've met Lee and Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee is beyond smart, mm-hmm. and he's a great guy. Um, I know. I know a lot of people think, oh, these people are on TV. They can be jerks, you know, or they're just nice on camera. Ali is one of those guys. Same with Don Kiske. Don is probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whitetail mm-hmm. freaks. I mean, he's he's amazing. He is a farmer. That is what Don Kiske is. Yeah. He's a farmer. That and he just got lucky gear. that
0: his show took off.
1: Yep. I mean, and, and he said that to people is, I'm a farmer. That's my living. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've been shooting... 160 180 inch deer my whole life just because i'm in iowa and i've you know farm and, and things like grew, that and he
0: grew him and he, and he yep. knows how to manage his property i mean that's just all trial and error i mean you, if you talked to him 30 years ago oh he could tell you about all the mistakes he was making oh yeah
1: yep exactly um so that that's one thing is you know i those and those guys put a lot of work in Oh yes, um, I, mean, I mean, when those
0: guys go out hunting, it's like you know they're going to, but they put a lot of hours. Uh-huh. But and it's like, but they developed a lifestyle around exactly. to be able to do it. And it's like it's not easy to develop a lifestyle like that, especially have the determination because yep. there's a lot of people like just punching in, mm-hmm. punching out. It's like, and I do this podcast as as my as my means to get a hold of and talking to different people about yeah. their stories because I was talking to um, Eric Clark. He, uh, he, he runs the Where to Hunt podcast, and mm-hmm. it's like I have dementia that runs in my family. I don't know if I'm going to get it or not. So it's like. I want at least to have some records of this. And plus it's kind of like on my legacy for my daughter. Cause like hunting is, is a, my way of getting in touch with Indiana Jones. Yeah, and that's why I like that's and, <laughs> and it's, it gives me that, that inspiration. So it's like, I've traveled all over the country. Like I was like, we were talking before we st- sat down here. It's like, I'm going to show on the map. It's like, out of all the places I've been out West and out, out East. There's all, I'm only missing maybe nine States. And that's it. I've already been to Hawaii. So I still got to get Alaska. my go. belt. Yeah. But it's like, if I'm going to Alaska, it's gonna be. It's like it's. It's not gonna happen in my thirties. Maybe not in my forties, but <laughs> yeah. it's gonna happen. Where it's like I want to be able to take a month off, go up there, and, and it's like I'm not gonna be in. It's like it's my knees is what I'm. I'm worried about, mm-hmm. and so it's like I'm gonna. It's it's just it's a goal of mine. If I don't hit it, I'm not gonna be upset with yeah. myself. But it is a goal. to search to to strive for. That's that's a, the key to a millionaire mindset. Yeah. Now we were talking about kids. Now you said you're gonna get your your eight year old.
1: Yep. Yep. So he's Brady. Is um. He'll be eight. In about nine days, um, so October thirtieth is his birthday. I'm Me- gonna be
0: set that day. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah.
1: So he, and and um, Wisconsin, there there's no age. Um, they changed that a couple years ago. Yes, they um, did. It used to be, I think it was twelve. Twelve. I remember? Yes. What was the minimum? Yep. So now they changed it. Um, you don't. There's no age limit. You just need a mentor. Um, mm-hmm. with you, they of course they need to buy a tag. Um, uh uh-huh. I think. I think it's like a seven dollar tag if I looked into it. It's not uh, very, it's not very expensive. Yeah, it's a five dollar if it's your first time. Seven dollars if if you know you're under, I think seven or it's something like that or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. under us or no under twelve I think is what it was. Okay. Um, so we went out a couple days ago. Um, went out to my parents' house. My parents own no, uh, forty acres outside of, um, Sparta, Wisconsin area. Went out there. Um, used my mom's. Uh, talking about animal. Um, used her 243 um she's got a 243 short so luckily i didn't have to buy a 30 dollar case of ammo you that two forty three are expensive and and if you try to get the low recoil mm-hmm. is the biggest thing i don't want i don't want him to get scared yeah. um so luckily my dad had some from from that so mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. out there and you know went through the whole thing um i mean i didn't even let him shoot a gun until i mean i made him I'm pretty sure he could pass hunter safety right now at mm-hmm. eight years old without mm-hmm. even looking at a book. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I made sure drilled everything. So what about this? What about this? Like went through the whole process of before I even let him touch the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't aim it at anybody, you know, went through the, all those, um, had him shoot it. And I told him straight out, I said, it's going to scare the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. And he's shot 22s and things, but he hasn't shot anything, you know, bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, it's, I said, it should scare you, realistically. You know, uh, uh, your first shot, you know, just slowly squeeze the trigger. You know, it'll let it surprise you. He shoots first, and he kind of looks at me, and he's like, holy crap. I'm like, what do you think? He's like, yeah, I think I'm okay. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So wow. I had him shoot a few more times, and I mean, it it's on. Um, so pretty much the fir- first doe that walks out better be scared because – I feel like he's. I mean, he's ready to. He's asked me for the last few years ago, mm-hmm. and I've I've gone back and forth of, you know, should I, shouldn't I, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and he's con with me. I just have never let him shoot a deer. Okay. So this year I'm going to let him. Um, we got a few blinds up, um, elevator blinds that I that I can use. So we're going to um mm-hmm. go to a field. I know a ton of does go there. Um, it's actually. I haven't even been on the property this year, um, okay. and I don't know how many people have actually hunted this year on the property. It's a 400-acre property, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't even know what kind of deer are there. Um, to be honest with you, I haven't even put a trail camera up. Um, mm-hmm. I've just been too busy with some other work and some other stuff that's came up. Mm-hmm. So, he, I mean, he's super excited. Um, I don't even kill I don't care if I kill a deer, honestly. I'd rather just have him yeah kill one and Uh, i and i have my kansas trip so mm -hmm. i'm hopefully gonna kill one out there Um, yeah that's a
0: 12 hour trip to come back home empty-handed it's like that's a very long trip yep exactly longer it's like i don't want to come home and the thing is is, it's like you know tony and i'm gonna give you shit yeah exactly
1: (laughs) um and that's the thing is is if i don't kill one the landowner will let me come back that's the thing that's Mm -hmm. the plus end of it do Mm -hmm. i really want to drive 12 hours in a blizzard to get out to kansas to kill another deer Probably not, but will I? Most likely, you'll
0: figure it out. You'll yeah. you'll, you'll be paying attention to it. I like using uh, the Weather Underground. It's the one. Mm-hmm. It's an yep. app I've been using since
1: two thousand
0: eight. Because it's like I found that that's like anybody that does anything outdoors, it's most accurate. It doesn't give you a very long forecast because yep. it becomes very inconsistent at day five and day six yep. and day seven. And so I like using because like Lucy gives me a four days out and it's fairly. Accurate because yep. like this morning I looked at it's like okay we're looking at maybe half inch of rain, bunch of wind, and sure enough it's like it's exactly what I expected. Yep, this exactly. And then uh, it's like I also use it for like I was talking to when I was out in tyro Basin earlier this summer. That's what they use out there too because this way because it's like it gives them the most up to date information. And it's like when we were out there on Sunday when there because it's there was a big old trained hunt event. Yep, and that event has just brought people all across the country into it, and this upcoming year. This is where the championship's going to be held, which is going to be fantastic. There because you go. They found that there's a lot more people coming from the East to go to the west and there's the west going the east so it's like well let's find an uh, a median yep. and they found a great spot there in tyro basin and it's like this really and uh, brian austin is the director of it all he's coming mm-hmm. and be he's going to be here in january doing a a preliminary run and stuff like that there in lacrosse archery so it's like him and i have already it's like he's already been tagging me and stuff yep. it's like i'm going man it's like i told him it's like i'm gonna go it's like i want to participate too it's like so it's like i'm just i've my experience worth it. It's like, I know what to expect. Yeah. I just got to get my knees, my thighs in shape for, it because it's a lot of up and down, a oh, box yeah. and back down. I don't know if you've ever seen the exercise, but it is, it is an intense mm-hmm. workout and train to hunt has been around for a long period of time yep. and they have their own podcast as well. So it's like, yep. well, it's almost forgetting them on this podcast. But yeah. I sat down with Brian and he is a great guy and he is just always positive. He's always his number one view is safety. Yeah. Safety first. If you're not comfortable with it, don't do it because it's your knees are not worth the points.
1: Yep, exactly. And I actually heard about Train to Hunt through um, another dealer out in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done it a bunch of years. Um, he's actually good friends with Cameron Haynes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do it every year together. Um, they do
0: it. They do the total archery challenge. They don't do the, uh, the Train to Train Hunt. Hunt. No, they don't. Oh. I. I uh, there, we can have this conversation off mic about what I what I understand about what's going on. So,
1: Maybe that's what it is then. Yeah. But.
0: So, and uh, that's what because John Dudley's out there, Jacko yep. Link was just out there. So that's where all the big, 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 big names are, and that's where like like well, it's like well, I'm not going to participate unless you <laughs> give me X amount of dollars and show up to rep- represent your company. So it's like yeah, yeah. That's the thing about some of the celebrities in here is that they don't do anything for fun anymore. They they do it like you need to pay me to do yeah. this. Which I can understand it's like you get to that point in time, but it's like, you know, it should be a point in time where it's like you're just doing out there to go out for fun and, and showing your 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 loyalty to the sport yeah. and yours out there just not for yourself, but out there for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's like I like I love what John Dudley's done over the last decade and especially yep. as his uh, knock on podcast. And yep. he's just right there in Iowa too. It's like uh, and we've we've ta- we've we've shared stories about him yep. it's like and we both have drawn conclusions a very nice guy yeah he's yeah, a very busy
1: man john used to actually work for matthews for years mm-hmm. um i he he was two doors down from my dad when my dad was a sales rep mm-hmm. um john's a great guy a great archer um he, you know like i said he lived in sparta um and then w- once he you know left matthews he he went down to Iowa and started, you know, started knock on and the podcast. And I know he had other stuff going on too. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, John's very, very, very smart in the archery industry for sure. Um, if mm-hmm. if anybody's watched any of his videos or listened to his podcast, I mean, there the guy's go. extremely knowledgeable.
0: He's uh, the one that turned me on to limb driven systems for drop, uh, drop west or yep. rests, and it's like like that. That makes more sense. And it's like and so I got my my I I rock one. Then when one my when my wife got her bow. And cuz what I did is I made her buy her own bow but I put all the accessories on it because yep. I want her to have the same consistency and expectation that I do when we go hunting cuz yep. it's like I want her to be successful and it's like and and we're expect the same results yeah. every single time.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Man, so now do you have any words of advice?
1: Advice? Probably my biggest advice would be practice. Practice. practice makes perfect mm-hmm. um you know you hear that all the time i'm guilty of it um especially with kids i mean i shoot in my backyard i i live right out right out of the city limits luckily um knock on wood yeah Yay, I'm exactly right here in I, I, i've actually had um my wife my wife's a, a teacher um mm-hmm. school teacher and one of her friends from school her husband's a sheriff okay and they at the end of the year, we can't, We had a party, like an end of the year party at our house when first when we bought our house. And he came. Okay. And I didn't know he was a sheriff at the time. I'm just talking to him, you know, like mm-hmm. anybody else. And he's like, you know, you can hunt in your backyard. No kidding. And I looked at him. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, oh, I'm I'm one of the sheriffs from Monroe County. Okay. I said, oh, he goes, the quick trip, which is like a half a mile from my house, is the city limits. He ah. said, so you're actually in... Um, you know, Angelo County or something like that. He goes, but so you're not in the city limits. He goes, you could kill a deer in your backyard if you wanted to. No kidding. So I don't have any issues with, and I I haven't, but I ha- I have no issues with, and I have a two neighbors that are far enough away, and where I shoot, nobody. I mean, my arrow had to go half a mile to even hit anything. Yeah, you'd have to it purposely shoot without that, without that. Yeah. Engine. Um. But that that would be my biggest thing is always know your equipment, look over your equipment, um, mm-hmm. especially before you start in the year, um, things like that. I mean, just little things could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think, you know, oh, I put away for the year. Yeah, we're fine. You know, winter, whatever. If you don't shoot, um, everything, little thing can happen, especially, especially with archery. Um, another thing is how
0: dry it gets out here for your str- your, yep. your, your your strings. If
1: you especially in the summers, putting it in the trunk of your car and leaving it. It does not help. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm, Cause um, you got all that heat baking in the, the humidity, baking it, baking the string, baking the limbs, whatever it may be. i um, mm-hmm. not saying anything's going to happen, but I always um, look yeah. over that, look over your arrows, things mm-hmm. like that. So. You, you,
0: you can, you increase the, the probability of failure.
1: Yes. Yep, exactly. Um, Which
0: it, it's, it's bound to happen. Now uh, I've been doing this for some of my podcasts Rate some your uh, top five meats that you that you would let you Ooh. and it's like anything across the country or any kind of thing across the world and it's maybe something you even haven't tried yet but start from number five work your way up to number one uh, and it can be poultry
1: it can be fish it can be anything oh geez that's a that's a tough one uh-huh. um
0: spring on everybody those who don't listen it's like then it's like oh
1: yeah i've i've talked to enough people um like like i said joel i mean he's Again, he shot 27 big game animals. He's going to shoot Super Slam soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking to him through it all and talking to other people I know, I'd probably say, oh, top five. Jeez. Top five. I don't You're even think. know how to do it. Um, I guess I'll go, oh, maybe bear. Okay. Um, sheep. Mm-hmm. Uh, caribou. Ooh, that's a good chase meat. You got two left. Oh, I'd go regular venison, white tail. Um, Number one. Oh, what is it? It's something overseas I've heard. I can't even think of it right now. I got
0: Ibex yeah, or like, Red Stag or...
1: I've heard Red Stag's pretty good. So I guess I'll, I'll go with those just off of... Okay. I, I guess here's a different one I could do is... Here's my top... The top five banals I'd kill. Okay. Or hunt. Um. If I had the money to do it, I'd kill a doll sheep. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, A mule deer, a mountain lion. Okay. um, A brown bear. Okay. Only reason I say brown bear is because the guy in in Kansas that I stayed with shot one a couple years ago, and it's freaking amazing. Um, And a Yukon moose. Oh, boy. I want to kill. That is my one dream hunt. Is to kill a Yukon moose.
0: You don't get get this. It's like you're have a higher probability carrying killing a moose in Maine than anywhere else in the country, because they have, have they have hundreds of thousands of moose over there. Like jump across the yeah. border over in, in that uh-huh. area. I I had no idea about it either until you start listening to uh, uh, Randy Newberg and a few yep. other people that talk about out there hunting. Um, Steve Rennell when he was out there uh, last fall hunting the Sitka a uh, blacktail deer out there in. Um, Delaware talk brings it up yep. and stuff like that. It's like in passing. It's like that's pretty interesting. And then I just kind of went down the rabbit hole and it's like, wow there's a lot of moose mm-hmm. out there, and it's like there, there, it's but they have a lot out there, so you have a high probability of drawing out there, but it's yep. still a once a lifetime shot.
1: Yep. Here, here's a shout out to a, two guys. If people are listening to this, to look up, one of them is a guy named Darren Collins. Okay. He is two animals away from shooting his second super slam. Oh no kidding! Became animals. He's two or three um
0: yeah you told me about that he lives
1: he's a general contractor out of missouri Mm -hmm. i mean he's not a tv personality anything else um him and then there's a guy named bob from out of san diego okay he has two of them
0: no shit he owns
1: he owns archery shop out in san diego um right right outside of top gun actually oh wow on the phone with them he'll be like hold on a second you can hear his, his building shake with jets flying (laughs) over him. Um, but those are two guys that are unbelievable. Darren and I met both of them, but Darren is just, you would never known. I mean, Mm -hmm. super nice guy, normal guy. Like I just said, general contractor. Mm -hmm. I mean, you when people think the super slam or things like that, they think, Oh, these guys got to have a bunch of money. They don't. I mean, they just work. They just, they just have very good disciplined DIY. Um, and, and, and Bob's Bob owns an archery shop, and he's worked his butt off for that, too. Um, mm-hmm. But Darren, for sure. So
0: All right. So I think we're at a point to wrap up because the, the yellow bass are done. This is your first time ever <laughs> yep, having it. Yep. I like yellow bass. I had it the first time a couple of years ago, and it's really good food. Fun to catch, but they're a nuisance because it's like you they're you, we call them liners because a lot of we caught a lot of liners, which means that they're right around that seven and a half, eight inch ones mm-hmm. and that they're they're falling just short of that. We just toss them back because it's like the amount of meat you get yeah. off of them and the amount of energy you have to flay them, it's just not worth not it. Not
1: worth it, yeah. But
0: uh thank you, Chris, for coming on in. Uh guys, check out Patreon. Uh there's a special charity that is near and dear to my heart. It's the Operation Frag. they're based out of Arizona. They are a hobby farm. Uh, there is currently a uh, donation run going on right now. They got $800 shy from the $1,000 goal. They're always looking for donations and then they, they teach people on how to homestead and such like that. We have some new announcements. We may be making a partnership with RPG Coffee out of uh, maple grove minnesota so be on the lookout for that but thank you for tuning in please go into itunes give me a five star rating or give me one star i can appreciate all the feedback as much as possible uh you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you guys
1: later thanks jeff
0: thank you